Chapters thirteen and fourteen of Out of the Shadow by Rose Gollop Cohen. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter thirteen. Aunt Masha's tear-stained face bending over me anxiously was the first thing I saw when I regained consciousness. Then I found that I was sitting in someone's lap, and in my own there were two small white-gloved hands clasped together surprised i looked over my shoulder and saw under a large black hat a charming girlish face i felt very much embarrassed and tried to stand up at once but she spoke to me in a quiet soothing voice and at the same time she drew me toward her so gently and so gradually that i was scarcely conscious of it until i felt my back resting against her and my head on her shoulder we travelled for about an hour when she stood up she put me on her seat nodded to aunt masha who was also sitting by that time and went to the door when the train stopped she looked at me with a smile blew a kiss from her fingertips and was gone in wonder and regret i sat staring at the door until i heard aunt masha whisper half severely half entreatingly rahel do stop staring so you seem to think you are still in the woods we were in the train two or three days when we made long stops aunt masha used to leave me in the train and go get food and drink I remember the first time she went out I was trembling with fear lest the train should go off before she returned. Each time she went out I would get as near a window as possible and stand ready to jump out in case the train started. I do not remember how or when we left the train, or how about twenty-five of us, two young men and the rest women and very small children, came to be travelling in a large canvas-covered wagon on a country road white with the heat and dust the first thing i recall seeing was one of the young men bent almost double so as not to strike his head against the roof coming toward aunt masha and me who sat in the back he sat down in front of aunt masha and looked at her with a grin which made the tip of his long thin hooked nose and red bristling moustache touch you are a pretty girl he said beginning to twirl his moustache and looking at her through half-closed bloodshot eyes aunt masha blushed painfully and turned her head away oh come look this way he coaxed catching hold of her hands aunt masha grew angry at the same time i saw that she was trying to control herself and take the whole thing as a joke while struggling to free her hands i was furious to see this stranger touch her and look at her which seemed to hurt her more than if she were struck was so awful to me that i could not stand it let go her hand i won't he laughed and made a vulgar remark at which some of the women tittered but others called out oh shame to speak so to a child will you let go her hand i was hardly able to speak now in my anger he glanced at me and i saw that he was amused and as if to carry the fun still further he drew aunt masha's face to his own then i lost my head i jumped up and began to strike at him blindly with both fists he was so taken by surprise that he did not seem to realize at first what was happening to him finally he let her go and jumping up he caught hold of me aunt masha screamed and the women interfered he flung me down into the bottom of the wagon and looked around at the women the little fury he gasped who would have expected it of her she looked as quiet as a mouse i was surprised myself at my daring but i was not sorry from that hour there was no peace like a shadow he followed us about on every step he tried to be on friendly terms with aunt masha i saw this and so seldom left her alone he read my mind and hated me toward evening of that day we came to an empty little log house so much like ours at home that i could not restrain a cry of joy at the sight of it 
the roof however was of shingles instead of straw when it grew quite dark a few wagons drove up to the door of the hut there was a good deal of whispering and disputing about which aunt masha tried to keep me in ignorance her idea was to keep me from knowing everything that was unpleasant but her way of doing it was as unpleasant as anything could have been for it was always rahel go away don't listen but why aunt masha why because i say so so i would walk away and watch intently from a distance i noticed that aunt masha did not want to go into a wagon with small children nor did the other women who had none of their own at last after much talking and swearing on the part of the drivers which i could not help overhearing in spite of masha's precaution we were all placed i was put flat on my face between aunt masha and her friend into one of the wagons spread with ill-smelling hay we were covered up with more of it heads and all then drove off it seemed to me each wagon in a different direction we might have been driving for an hour though it seemed much longer for i could hardly breathe when i heard the driver's hoarse whisper remember people you are not to make a sound nor move a limb for the next half hour soon after this i heard a rough voice in russian who is there it is mushka our driver answered what have you in the wagon the russian demanded oh just some bags of flour mushka answered i felt a heavy hand laid on my back at that moment it dawned on me that we were stealing across the border my heart began to thump so that i was sure he heard it and in my fear i began to pray but i stopped at once at a pinch from aunt masha and a nudge from her friend then i heard the clink of money at last the rough voice called out loudly flower go ahead as we started off again i heard the crying of children in the distance and shooting chapter fourteen one day i don't remember how soon after we crossed the border we arrived in hamburg we stopped in a large red building run in connection with the steamship company we were all shown really driven into a large room where many dirty narrow cots stood along the walls aunt masha shivered as she looked at the one in which we two were to sleep the less we stay in these beds the better she said so although we were dead tired we went to bed quite late but before we were on our cot very long we saw that sleep was out of the question the air in the room was so foul and thick that it felt as if it could be touched from every corner came sounds of groaning and snoring but worst of all were the insects in the cot after battling with these for some time aunt masha sat up i feel i'll go mad she gasped clutching her hair after sitting up a while she remembered seeing a wagon with some hay in it under the shed in the yard and we decided to go there we took our shoes in our hands and slipped out noiselessly it was a dark night and aunt masha was almost as much afraid in the dark as i was with one arm clasped about each other's waist we groped about an endless time until we crossed the yard and found the wagon fortunately no one had thought of sleeping in it aunt masha gave a sigh of relief and satisfaction as she nestled comfortably into the hay soon she was asleep to me sleep did not come so readily my mind always seemed more active when i lay down at night than at any other time and since we had been on the journey i could not sleep because of the new and strange things about me as i lay thinking listening i suddenly caught a whiff of cigarette smoke i sat up quickly and peered into the darkness in the direction where i knew the door was i saw a tiny light my first thought was to wake aunt masha 
then it occurred to me that it must be some one like ourselves who could not sleep and so came to stay outside but as i sat watching the light i saw that it was coming toward the shed though very slowly nearer and nearer it came and soon i discerned a tall dark form coming along stealthily i recognized the slow cat-like tread it was he with the red eyes and grinning mouth i was almost beside myself with fear now that i knew who it was and i pressed closer to aunt masha as he stopped a short distance from the shed and stood listening i coughed to let him know that someone was in the wagon then only it seemed as if he realized that the light from his cigarette could be seen and he put his hand behind him for a minute or so he stood still listening then he went away as stealthily as he came and i saw him crouch down in a corner of the yard i sat wondering whether he knew that it was aunt masha and i that were in the wagon and whether he would come again he did after a good while passed again i coughed to warn him but this time he came right into the shed and craning his neck he tried to see me why don't you lie down and go to sleep he whispered feigning friendly concern now i saw that he knew us i am not sleepy i said loudly but you will fall asleep if you lie down he insisted i noticed that he looked around as if he were uneasy when i spoke loud so i answered still louder i am not going to lie down i am going to sit up all night and if you don't go away at once i'll shout and wake the whole house then he turned quickly and tiptoed away cursing under his breath at first i thought i would let aunt masha sleep a while and then wake her but when some time passed it occurred to me that if i could stay up all night without waking aunt masha no one could ever again call me that hated name frayed cat so i clasped my hands tightly in my lap and sat watching listening at the least sound in the yard i felt my hair rise on my head several times aunt masha moved restlessly in her sleep then i too moved half hoping that she would hear me and wake up but she slept on at one time it grew so dark and so cold that i could not keep my teeth still and it seemed as if the night would never end oh now i must wake her but at the very thought of it i seemed to hear ah you are afraid cat after all and so i pressed my hand over my mouth and waited at last a faint gray light came creeping slowly into the yard with unspeakable joy i watched the house loom out of the darkness but it was only when the smaller objects in the yard took on their natural forms and people began to come and go that i lay down my head scarcely seemed to have touched the hay when i heard aunt masha say teasingly oh you sleepy-head the night is never long enough for you why your eyes are actually swollen from too much sleep get up i sat up not knowing at first where i was or what had happened then recollecting my experience of the night i wondered whether i should tell aunt masha or not she had never invited any confidence from me and this particularly seemed hard to tell as i sat hesitating i half saw half felt the red eyes glaring at me from the doorway and so i jumped out of the wagon and ran to get washed our breakfast which was boiled potatoes and slices of white bread was served on long bare tables in a room like the sleeping-room no sooner was the food put on the tables than it was gone and some of us were left with empty plates aunt masha and i looked at each other and burst out laughing to see the bread grabbed up and the fingers scorched on the boiled potatoes was ugly and pathetic but also funny to-morrow aunt masha said we too shall have to grab 
or the money sewed in your waist won't last if we have to buy more than one meal a day for a week but the next day it was almost the same thing going hungry seemed easy in comparison with the shame we felt to put out our hands for the bread while there was such a struggle aunt masha managed to get one slice which she held out to me here eat it when i refused she gave me a look that was as bad as a blow take it at once she said angrily i took it i found it hard to swallow the bread knowing that she was hungry we stayed in hamburg a week every day from ten in the morning until four in the afternoon we stayed in a large bare hall waiting for our names to be called on the left side of the hall there was a heavy door leading into the office where the immigrants were called in one by one i used to sit down on the floor opposite the door and watch the people's faces as they came and went into the office some looked excited and worried when they came out and others looked relieved when our names were called i rose quickly and followed aunt masha the clerk who always came to the door which he opened only a little looked at us and asked our names then he let aunt masha go in and pushing me away roughly without a word he shut the heavy door in my face i stood near by waiting until my feet ached when aunt masha came out at last her face was flushed and there were tears in her eyes immediately she went over to her friends she had many friends by that time and began to talk to them excitedly i followed her but she stopped talking when she saw me i understood that i was not to listen and so i went away this went on for almost a week each day her face looked more worried and perplexed one afternoon the door of the office opened wider than usual and a different clerk came out holding a paper in his hand he told us that the english steamer for which we had been waiting was in and then he read the names of those who were to go on it i'll never forget aunt masha's joy when she heard that we were to sail the next day she ran from one to the other of her friends crying and laughing at once the scoundrel she kept on saying he threatened to send us home he said he had the power to send us home then she ran over to me and in her joy almost smothered me in her embrace i don't remember whether it was on this same day or when we were already on the steamer that our clothes were taken away to be steamed as my little underwaist which still had money in it was also taken we spent some anxious hours the money was not touched but when i looked at my pretty little slippers i wept bitter tears they looked old and wrinkled and two of the buttons were off on the following evening we sailed off in a small white boat we all sat on the floor of the deck i dreaded crossing the ocean for i had heard that the water was rough the boat rocked fearfully and there was sickness and even death but when some time passed and i saw how smoothly and steadily the boat went along over quiet water i felt relieved then came something of gladness i sat quietly in back of aunt masha watching the full moon appearing and disappearing behind the clouds and listening to our fellow-travellers their faces so worried and excited for weeks looked peaceful and contented as they sat gazing at the moon and talking quietly and hopefully of the future in the new world how beautiful i thought this is the way the rest of our journey will be for in my ignorance i thought that we should sail all the way across in this little white boat and that the water would always be calm and the wind gentle when i whispered my thought to aunt masha she smiled at me over her shoulder a queer meaning little smile which puzzled me in the morning when we came to an enormous black and white steamer i remembered aunt masha's smile and understood its meaning 
we were deathly seasick the first three days during that period i was conscious it seems to me only part of the time i remember that once when i opened my eyes i seemed to see the steamer turn to one side and then disappear under water then i heard voices screaming entreating praying i thought we were drowning but i did not care nothing mattered now on the fourth day i became again interested in life i heard aunt masha moaning a long time seemed to have passed since i saw her face i tried to lift my head finding it impossible i lay quietly listening but it hurt me to hear her moaning at last it became so pitiful that i could not stand it i'll die if i don't get a drop of water she moaned just one drop to wet my throat and so as i lay flat on my face i felt about for my tin cup till i found it then i began to slip downward feet first until i reached the berth underneath from there i swung down to the floor as i stood up the boat lunged to one side and i went flying to the door and fell in a heap striking my head against the doorpost i don't know how long i had been lying there when i heard the cabin door open and a man's strong voice call out up on deck i opened my eyes and saw an enormous pair of black boots and the lower part of white trousers the man stooped down looked at me and gently brushed the hair away from my eyes as i was used now to being pushed about and yelled at the kind touch brought tears to my eyes for the first time since i left home i covered my face with my hands and wept heartily for a minute or so he stood looking down at me then he picked up my cup which i had dropped in falling and brought me water i drank some and pointed to aunt masha he handed the cup to a woman who came tumbling out of her berth to go up on deck then picking me up as if i were a little infant he again shouted up on deck and carried me off i had heard that those who were very sick on the steamer and those who died were thrown into the ocean there was no doubt in my mind therefore that that was where i was being carried i clasped my arms tightly about the man's neck i felt sick with fear he climbed up a white staircase and propped me up in a corner on the floor then he went away to fetch a rope i thought he returned in a few minutes but instead of a rope there was half an orange in his hand he kneeled down in front of me raised my chin showed me how to open my mouth and squeezed a few drops of juice into it a good-natured smile played about his lips as he watched me swallow three times between his work he went and came with the half orange until it was dry after a while aunt masha came creeping up the steps on all fours hugging our little bag of zwieback from that hour we improved quickly all day we sat or walked about in the sun soon aunt masha's little round nose was covered with freckles and my hair was bleached a half dozen shades sometimes while walking about on deck we passed the man who had fed me with orange juice he always touched his cap and smiled to us a week passed one day it was the first of july aunt masha and i stood in castle garden with fluttering hearts yet patiently we stood scanning the faces of a group of americans divided from us by iron gates my father could never be among those wonderfully dressed people i thought suddenly it seemed to me as if i must shout i caught sight of a familiar smile aunt masha do you see that man in the light tan suit the one who is smiling and waving his hand why you little goose don't you see it's father she gave a laugh and a sob and hid her face in her hands 
a little while later the three of us stood clinging to one another end of chapter fourteen end of part one